When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Poppin' everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. The most special guest there ever were. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Precisely how I would have described you. Yes. When people are like, hey, like, do you ever have guests on your show? I'm like, I always have the single most special guest. The single most special guest who is always here, almost as if they are also a host. All, almost <laughs> as if. Almost as if. I will give you that. Right. Well, I mean, if we, if we wanted to give your official title to be almost as if an official host, then count me on board. You can label that on my person card. Oh, speaking of yeah. person card, yeah. we have an exciting new announcement a la our Patreon. Well, now, uh, hold on. Now, hold on. Before we get into these exciting announcements, maybe we should give the people their corny their corny joke. Oh, wow. Look at you go. Yeah. Look at you go. Being I know my a, duties as the, as the special guest. <laughs> <laughs> almost as if. The other host. The yeah. other host. Yes, I do. I'm so glad you caught me because I feel like I've been missing it um, wow, ben. somewhat. I, I do. Honestly, it kind of feels like your responsibility. Well, I mean, you're the host, I guess. It, it is kind of one of those things that would never be appropriate. Like if you had an actual guest on being like, listen, you have responsibilities to like. <laughs> if to, you miss them. And then, then like the show is we're going to get emails and people are going to be like, yo, how come no corny joke? I wanted yeah. to have one of those laughs where I just kind of breathe out of my nose a little bit. <laughs> Just like that. It's a thing. It happens to me all the time. Like I'll be like scrolling, you know, like see like a really funny meme. And like, while I'm, this is, this is what makes me aware that laughter is not something that I'm doing as like an uncontrollable urge type oh, of laugh. I I'm, it's like, cause if by myself, me laughing my head off is like, like maybe smiling and letting out like a, like a, Wait, you don't you don't laugh when you're by yourself? Not frequently, no. Never like like if you're watching television by yourself and something hilarious, you've never like had a a good self laugh. Okay, not true. I have been plum tickled before. Yeah, but I would say it's few and far between occasions. the The very first time I ever watched the Scott Sterling video where he is the goalkeeper and he Scott Sterling and he keeps like he keeps blocking every shot as the goalkeeper. Keeper. I remember somebody posted that or shared it to Facebook and I was working uh, back when I was doing like my aquarium duties. I was always in this basement. Uh, and so I was, I was always by myself, literally no windows, just like just dim fluorescent tube lighting. Mm. Honestly, it was kind of, it, was, it, it could be depressing at times if not for being surrounded by things that I loved. Yeah. Standing at like a plywood desk, you know, just, I don't know. It was very, the, the situation wouldn't lend itself to just laughing your head off necessarily. But I remember scrolling rolling by watching it and not actually knowing that it was even like a bit like I, I eventually I figured it out because it, right. was, it became very apparent, but I was just like, I, I don't even know. I was uncontrollably laughing, like crying by myself, mm. which is why, you know, it's like one of those viral videos that just holds such a, a such salt. a meaning to me. Yeah. I think 
it, it is harder to laugh super hard out loud like that completely by yourself. Yeah. But I find often, I mean, obviously it can, it can just happen. Something can just be that funny. A fit of the giggles. It can just catch you in that moment. Yeah. But I find sometimes it's like, it's like because you really needed that laugh. Oh, in interesting. Like, I don't know what was happening to you that day when you watched Scott Sterling block a soccer ball with his face, but okay, five maybe times. you need five, five times. times. <laughs> That's interesting. That is Thinking interesting. Right See, now. You think like summon the laugh is almost like, like I, I always think about inside out because now I'm thinking about like all the little jelly beans that are pulling the levers mm-hmm. of my brain. But you, you think that there was almost like one in there that was like, he needs a good laugh right now. Could be. Maybe it's not even that funny, but like we're going to give it to him. But like... Today it is. Today it is. Today it is. I wonder what about like being around other people brings out louder laughter. I don't know. I don't know. Like I feel like I feel like laugh laughs and smiles are so contagious. Yeah. That I think that that's playing such a huge role in it. Like I don't know if you smile at somebody, I feel like they're inclined to smile back. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like this infectious laugh type of thing. Yeah. Because well, I'm not a real loud laugher anyway. I've kind of got like a silent laugh where I'm like I don't know. I'm usually just kicked back in my chair not making noise my eyes are like really squinted i usually have tears coming out and i'm just like trying to get like words out actually there was one particular occasion i don't think we've talked about this on the pop i remember when i was like i don't know maybe nine or ten years old we were still i would say largely kids and uh you're still classified as a kid at nine ten right <laughs> yeah absolutely okay okay and this is like the weirdest thing i think i've actually told you this story somewhat recently but like our dad was not like a like a man's man kind of dad or anything like that like it was not like this i don't know i don't feel like in our childhood we had this like upbringing where it was like we needed to be cutting down trees and you know trap the wood carving bears out of logs with a chainsaw i'm trying to think of like very yeah (laughs) in my mind proof we weren't raised this way is that you can't think of any examples Of what it actually of is. what it would be. Right, right, right. Yeah, but in my mind, apparently the most masculine thing you could possibly do is apparently carve a... All a, the uh, examples in my mind have to do with wood. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, right, that is that is like, I don't know, or leather maybe. Oh, know? sure, yeah. Pine, sap. Cedar. S- sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sap. Boy, there was no shortage of that in our childhood. There was no, like, there was not. We had, these we had pine, an unusual amount of sap in our childhood. There was childhood. these pine trees that were real good for climbing, but there was like two... Like two spots that were just pouring sap out of them at all times. And, and we touched them. Like we knew where they were. You knew to avoid them. You knew where not to place your hands. Didn't matter. Still managed to touch it every time. Getting sap off is so insanely it difficult. Is, it is unbelievable. You think, okay, I, I just touched something from a tree. I'll just go wash my hands. It'll be fine. Wrong. It's like nature's crazy glue. It, Better than. Better than. If yeah. you want, if you need a replacement crazy glue, go plant yourself a pine tree, wait 20 years, look around, see if you can find where the sap's coming out, collect it in a bucket, and then you can uh, glue those things together. Precisely. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. Efficiency <laughs> is my middle name. More like efficient tree. Oh! oh, nailed it. Actually, this reminds me, we're like story inside of story inside of story right now. But do you remember the GMA Christmas where our dear friend Michael Austin wrapped our Christmas gifts inside of ben. expanding foam? It's like the foam insulation How that you would use. I ever forget okay so the funny thing how could i ever forget if if you've never seen foam insulation in action it's actually really fun to watch because it usually comes out of like an aerosol can not fun to touch and not fun to touch and you like spray it in between like your windowsill and the structure and it like expands right before your eyes and becomes this like big 
fluffy, weird, hardened mess yeah. that you can then like razor blade right off. Well, so our friend Mike had these like, remember there were like the $3 big bouncy balls that you could get from like the yeah. net cage at Walmart. Right, right, right. You know, well, like, let's, let's back up and explain what the GMA gift exchange even was. Okay. We'll back up and do that. Okay. I'll let me allow me. Oh, uh, <laughs> as my special guest, I insist. <laughs> That's me laughing for real people. <laughs> um, the GMA gift exchange, you've heard us talk about the Green Mallard Association, me and Ben and our friends, Mike and John, yeah. John Jennings of legend here on the pop. Of legend. I feel like we need like a Patreon goal where like we get this many members, we'll have John on the pop or something. No, I think we have all four of us. We have a special, we have a special GMA episode. Okay. We should totally, we should totally set a goal for that. We should. We um, should. Anyway, the GMA gift exchange was the wor like the world's hardest gift exchange. So the point was hardly the items you were giving each other, but it was a real game of one-upsmanship in terms of how you wrapped the gift. Could not be more accurate. Could not be more accurate. And the goal was to wrap any given gift in the most difficult to open way possible. And if in your if in your mind you're like, oh, what if you just like wrapped it like a whole roll of duct tape? Welcome to level one, that my was, friend. That was like our first year. Yeah, that was like day one, minute one. You're right. We got there too. But man, oh man, did it kind of get out of control as time went on. At one point in time, I literally sank the gift at the bottom of a bucket and put a live lionfish in the bucket floating atop. That's a poisonous fish. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, venomous fish. V sorry. Wow. The, yeah. The, the Thank you for stopping all those corrections. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I once sank a gift in a pond. Yeah, in freezing cold in weather. In freezing cold weather. Yep. Yeah. So... Someone had to don some waiters, go out into the pond, get their gift, which had been dry bagged and uh, sunk to the bottom of the pond a week earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually very nearby that I had buried a gift in the ground <laughs> next to the same pond. <laughs> Here's a shovel. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. So needless to say, I mean, things were put in concrete. Um, I think one year I used a mailbox that I like chained and glued and screwed shut mm -hmm. and the, the object was inside of it. Lots of shrink wrap fun. Rubber band balls. Rubber band. Yeah I, yeah. I put like six pounds of rubber bands around um, like a pocket knife one year. That was a yeah. good one. Yeah. One year, John Jennings literally had GPS coordinates that related back to adventures that the GMA had gone on, had gone and hidden specific clues at each of those locations. And we spent half the night just going about. That was, that was a fun night too. Yeah. But so anyway, maybe the most infamous gift wrap ever came from Mike. Yeah. Who used some insulation foam and I'll let you resume your story. Yeah. So anyway, we're going back. So like if, if you've been to like the Walmart, the department store, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the big cage that has like elastic bands and it's just full of these like plastic balls. Yeah. And so what Mike had, I think attempted to do, and I don't know that it was like extremely successful, but was basically pop those one of those balls, put our gift inside and then fill it with the foam so that it would then like fill back up to the shape of the ball. Look like the ball. Yeah. Horribly unsuccessful on that front. Looked nothing like a ball. Looked like he popped a ball and filled it with foam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It really, unfortunately for, for that particular element of it, 
Uh, yeah. The idea was better than the execution. Um, However, still effective. Still effective. So as, <laughs> as the foam, of course, then expanded, there was like this interesting problem where the foam reacts to the air around it, meaning like anything that is on the outside of the foam is the full expanded drive, like whatever. It's not, it's not sticky to the touch. It would feel like uh, irregular shaped styrofoam effectively. Right. Like it's not, it's not strange uh, or gooey or anything like that. Um, but as we started tearing away the layers, we started finding basically the, the, the core, the nougat, the so warm gooey center, the warm gooey center is precisely yeah. right, which was all of this unregistered, uh, spray foam yeah. that as we started, you know, getting to our belt buckle or, you know, whatever, whatever was in, lame gift was in the middle. I don't know. I have no idea what the gift was. Yeah. It was, I mean, not, not lame, not lame, but you know, it was at the end of the day, really the, the whole ritual of GMA Christmas was the entire evening that we dedicated to putting each other through these ropes. Yeah. And we did one for everybody. And so anyway, eventually, as you start like peeling back, you're just getting this raw spray foam all over your hands, which then starts. I mean, it is like heavy, heavy duty adhesive. I mean, to say it holds houses up would be accurate. Yeah. It, like in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. And so our hands are, are, you know, covered with it. And we're like all sort of like laughing about it at first. And it's like, oh my God, my hands are covered in all this. They're like, so like, sticky. Yeah, yeah. All this goop. And then, you know, days start going by and like, you know, we're, we're like going on vacation, like I'm not vacation, but rather traveling up to uh, New York state, which is where our family lives, you know, for extended family Christmases and stuff. And our hands, like, we're still peeling this stuff off like yeah. a week later. Yes. And whilst you and John, well, I'd say you and John, while you were still peeling it off, I think John had the foresight to cheat or something and not get it all over his hands. Yeah, I believe that's accurate. That sounds, yeah. 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 Anyway, you and me were not so lucky. No. Now, you still had it all over your hands, but I had another layer to the problem. I never understood why only yours had this next layer. Oh, so, so I think Mike was trying to make, because he used the same trick for all three of us. Like, normally you'd have to come up with three different ideas for... Whatever. So I think he was trying to like tailor each ball to like a to make it a little different for each person. Sure. So in the middle of the foam, there was your gift, which was in like a Ziploc bag. Yep. And you just had to like open the Ziploc bag. And then he had also, though, inside the Ziploc bag, put some other gross thing you might have to deal with. Oh, sure. I think like mustard. Or yeah, something. I think yours was like mustard. Yeah. No right. big deal. No big deal. I no mean, big yeah, deal what's whatsoever. A little mustard? Yeah. Right. Just that smells for a second. Ugh. Mine was wrapped in a paper towel and the paper towel had been dipped in ink. Yep. So what happened was that the ink stained the insulation foam black and the foam was stuck semi-permanently to my hands for over a week. And I could like could not get it off in more than like super tiny increments. Yep. Despite can't even tell you how many times I washed my hands. Like or just like I would try everything. Could not get it off. But we we ultimately found, <clears throat> shockingly, I believe at like our aunt and uncle's house, they just yeah. happened to have this soap, which was like the miracle cure. It was, yes, it was unbelievable. Like it was, <laughs> I was, yeah, showering at our aunt and uncle's house. We'd stopped there prior to going to our grandparents. And in the shower, I'm like staring at it. And I think it was called Dr. Bronner's Magic Soap. Yeah. And I was like, magic soap. Yeah. Well, let me put that to the test real quick. 
and I tried washing my hands with it and unbelievably it washed off the insulation foam. I was like, I am so sold on this soap right now. Oh yeah. This is unbelievable. Whoa. I, it was like such a relief to have my hands not covered in this stupid, hardened, blackened foam. Yeah, no, which had been on there for days. And I, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that this soap is like ultra and like environmentally friendly, vegan, vegetarian, like hypoallergenic, like, you know, yeah. any, any type of term you could possibly think of. The whole bottle is just coded in like literature about the soap itself. Yeah, the bottles are quite striking. You can look, I think you can get it on Amazon. Yeah, I believe or you can. Or wherever, yeah. but the bottles, yeah, are covered just floor to, sorry, what is it? Head to foot in just text of all sizes describing like philosophy and soap and the ingredients. It's all over. It's really unusual, but it was also, it was peppermint soap. Yeah. Which was a really weird sensation. It's like if you've ever chewed like spearmint gum and you have sort of cool flavor in your mouth imagine that but it is all over your entire body or yeah. wherever you wash your no that's you the know. thing i've i've literally since then bought it as like my like as like my body wash mm -hmm. before this is and not sponsored by the way but yeah certainly certainly would be certainly um, <laughs> certainly i could endorse this product because it yeah, saved whole, my hands wholeheartedly no that's the thing it's it is like it's a strange phenomenon because you will like wash your entire body with it and then like like almost be chilly because Correct. because of what like the peppermint oil or whatever is inside of it right. is doing um and it, it's a really remarkable and interesting sensation yeah. It would, would recommend. Would recommend, as would I recommend, going out of your way to making opening your Christmas gifts horribly difficult. Yes, because that's the thing. Like, the, I, it was like one of these bonding moments with, with this, like, core group of friends that we had that I felt like just continued to solidify this, like, very interwoven, interlocked group of us. Mm -hmm. Like, it became something that was, like, so ritualistically like a part of out like being in our friend group which now like you know we're kind of spread out a, a little bit more and we don't do it now as adults no we don't we haven't but but absolutely would recommend just having the fun of making it in, impossibly difficult because it mm -hmm. was totally like it really became this thing where the gifts were almost irrelevant like, right it was just this how was, creative could you be with the wrapping? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which then like you were putting so much thought into something, but like it was also thought in the way of like torment, but also not at the same time. It was so fun. Loving torment. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, if we, if we backpedal several layers to this story, we were talking about big belly laughs. We were somewhere along the way. Well, we never finished the corny joke. Oh, good point. Well, I'm going to come back to my big belly laugh. Then. Okay. Because uh, we're talking about like masculine things like sap. Yeah. Which is what, yeah. Okay. That's sap. how I got here. <laughs> sap. Jay, where are average things manufactured? Where are average things? Average things. Like, uh, this was like, like the equator or something like the middle. I don't know. Nope. 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 That would be at the satisfactory. Oh, the satisfactory. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's okay. No, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. This is one of my favorite ones yet. So. Um, hopefully the everyone at home agrees. They just breathed out of their nose a little bit. They were like, like that, that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Get that a little nose exhale. N nose exhale. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we were talking though about, we were talking about sap, which we were talking about because of, uh, I guess the, 
I don't know, masculine nature of our not upbringing, not masculine nature of our upbringing. Uh Okay. But so I think there was this thing because our dad did things that I think that I felt like so mega intimidated by, like he like, I, I think more in a recreational manner than I understood it as a child. But like, you know, he like raced mountain bikes and right. it's probably in the same way that you might go and run a 5k on the weekend. Like you could conceivably go and run three miles. Like it's not, it's not necessarily this monumental task relative to how I perceived our dad as a kid, because it also seemed like very frequently, like you'd like see people in bike races and like somebody like cut their leg on the spokes. There was like blood involved. Or, like, you know, they ran into a beehive and got like stung by a bunch of bees or something. <laughs> well, I so, have a story about mountain bike racing with bees. <laughs> well, we're going to come back to it because okay. we're already in a story that we're coming back to. Okay. But as the host, I will try to remind you Great. of your cool. mountain biking Thank story. You. No problem. That's what I'm here for. Anyway, so long story short, though, I think that I saw dad in this like light that there was like maybe this like expectation or something that this is, which was not true. But I remember like one particular time in my life that I got a fit of giggles that like overwhelmed me was we were at Christmas and grandma and grandpa were telling us this story. Now, our dad is about 15 years older than his younger sister. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. And so their Christmas one year, his younger sister was gifted like a Barbie convertible, like remote control car, okay. like, a, like yeah. a pink Barbie car. Yeah. And they were talking about how like our dad like took it and just like kept playing with it because he was having so much fun playing with like the remote control car. And for some reason, as as like an eight, nine, 10 year old kid, I remember having just this like like it was the most severe juxtaposition of personality characteristics that I could like it blew my mind couldn't imagine to the point where I had like hysterical laughter like you know <laughs> about the idea of, of our m- mountain biking father playing with a remote controlled car that was pink yes exactly yes. <laughs> it was like it was like nothing could possibly be further from the truth like there's no way that happened but here we are being told by reliable sources aka grandma and grandpa that it did and it's like I don't know. I I, re- I go back to that moment. I, I don't know that I have felt such pure, uncontrollable laughter in my life <laughs> as that, at that moment. And and that I have no, I like, I don't even know why it struck me as so funny, but it did. And that was, that was the tale. That was the tale of Ben's biggest belly laugh. Biggest belly laugh belly. To, to date. And it happened circa 1997. I think your, your D and D belly character definitely has to have a big belly laugh. A big belly laugh. I'm going to yeah. have to really work on manufacturing my big belly laugh. Yeah. Thing because at present I don't have a very good fake laugh and I feel like it's, it has like hindered me at times. You want to give us a good uh, your worst fake laugh? No, I really don't. I, yeah. I I can't even like mustard anything. You can't mustard a single fake laugh. It's like <laughs> that does need work. It does need work. Yeah, that wasn't a, that wasn't a belly laugh. <laughs> <to> be. <laughs> that's that's what comes out a lot of times. Is like a single like like a single burst of ha. That's all I got. That's it, what you like, got. <laughs> yeah, but what do you do? Wait, can, can you got a good laugh? Okay. <laughs> That's infuriating. That was that, really good. That my good fake laugh. That was a great fake laugh. Oh, man, man, I wonder I if everybody know. has a good fake laugh. I don't know. Man, I think well, a lot of people's fake laughs come down, come out like as uh, like a like a Janus from Friends. The <laughs> oh yeah, I can see that. I can right. see that. That's also like a little skin curly, <laughs> right? Um, anyway, since since it's gonna pair well with a future topic, let me get back to your. Apparently, you were racing a mountain bike. Yeah, you've and, never heard the story. And you ran into a bee. Ben, let me tell. you. Okay, dear Buzzy Bee over there. Yeah, yeah, I made me. it. Until I think the age of must have been 18 or 19 
before I was ever stung by a bee. What? Unbelievable. You're kidding. I was stung by a bee so many times as a kid. Yeah. I, I feel like I remember you like stepping on a bee once. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, dude, I mean, again, I, I was probably, I was in fifth grade. I remember that. And I was out, like, I think we were playing Frisbee in our neighbor's backyard as kids. And I stepped on a bee and like, I swear to you, it like hit a nerve that like ran through my leg. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like fell to the ground and like was instantly like in agonizing, like tears flowing down my face pain, yeah. like screaming for help from like mom and dad, hoping they could like hear me from one yard over. Like right. I was in, it hurt so badly. Yeah. And anyway, so whenever people are like, they're like, it's like a bee sting. I'm like, ow. It is not. Bee stings can be quite horrible. Quite horrible. Anyway, so, yeah. sorry. That was, yeah. So anyway, I think it was, it must have been some sort of Tour de France season of the year. Okay. And me and our across the street neighbor, Stephen, were getting real into the biking. Sure. And we were just, you know, cruising around the neighborhood on our bikes all the time. Just, you know, having fun. And there was some mountain bike race uh, nearby in actually our old hometown in Franklin County. Okay. Down there at uh, Wade Park. Wade Park. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's where we used to play rec soccer used games. Used to play some rec soccer down there at Wade Park. And so I think, we, I, I don't I don't know if dad brought it up to us or whatever, but, you know, we both signed up and we brought our bikes, which were not like proper mountain bikes at all or sure. anything. It was just like, yeah, we'll just show up. It's like a however many mile bike ride. We both ran cross country and stuff. Right. We're right. just going to do it. The, the number of times in our life that we've qualified our abilities to do things because we ran cross country is too many. It basically makes you invincible, Ben. Well, apparently. Apparently. Anyway, on this particular day, I would discover bees. <laughs> So, and it happened in multiple ways, which is the surprising part. So we were standing in the parking lot. This was number one. Okay. And I'm just putting my jersey on. And as I put the jersey on, I catch a bee as it's going over my head. And it's under the jersey. And it gets me twice, like once in the shoulder, once in the back. And then I'm like, what the, what's going on? And I managed to like, you know, smash it or get it out. But what a terrible way to even before you've started the race. Oh yeah. 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 No good. No good. No good whatsoever. Well, I would discover that this was in fact more of like a wasp situation, more like a bite. Okay. I think is wasps bite. Maybe. I don't know. Mm, It wasn't like a full on yellow jacket sort of Right, because it seems like there are some bees that can only sting once, if if that is correct. This is one of those, I have no idea if it's true yet, do bees die when they sting, or they only have one sting to them? I don't know, but whatever bit me there, this was like, I couldn't believe it, like I'd never been stung before in my life, and just before I'm about to start this race, it happens. Oh, terrible. So anyway, I got out on the course, and uh, this is like, you know, I've never done much mountain biking ever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. you know, I've, we've been to like little trails with dad and we've done the little like one mile starter loops for kids or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I could, you know, that's, uh, that's the thing I would have described us as like mountain bikers as like elementary school kids. Yeah. And I think it was largely because our dad would, would do this you know, and, and take like, us like, yeah. And, and, and dad bought us bikes that were like good ish. Like they were, they, they sure. were like nice mountain bikes, I guess, for someone for who was kids. like eight. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, in our home, there were two kinds of bikes in the world, mountain bikes or road bikes. Right. And this that was it. And so what we had wasn't a road bike, so it was a mountain bike. But let me be clear, it was just a kid's bike. Yeah. You yeah. know, it wasn't, it didn't have like shocks or 
anything like that. It was just what you ride as a kid. Right. And yeah, so anyway, I don't know if I was riding one of dad's old bikes or something in this particular race, but Steven takes off from the start. I don't know how he got good at it, but he was way out in front of me. But anyway, we get to the top of one hill and it turns out that the people who have gone through first ran like right through just the nest of yellow jackets and they are angry. I bet. And basically every single person in the race got stung because everyone who went through was just going adjacent to this just going angry this, like, swarm of, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm, you know, you get to the top of this hill and all of a sudden just boom, boom. Like I think two or three just right on my legs, one on my butt, you no. know, so like mid race. There's nothing you can do. You can't stop. You know, you're just going and oh my God, it was like such horrible pain. Yeah. Just, and all, I think the only way I got through it was just from the adrenaline of the, like the fear of it. Like, oh my God, get away, get away, get away kind of thing. But I remember just sitting at home later and just having these giant welts from these bee stings, like still hurting hours later. Oh yeah, no, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, it doesn't go away. It doesn't like, go away. They hurt for a long time. Yeah. And on your butt where you sit. <laughs> well, well said, yeah. truly, yeah. truly. <laughs> Ground, groundbreaking. <laughs> Welcome to the pop. Yeah, well, so. Oh my gosh, that was my introduction to bees. I can't believe you got so far in life without being literally. I remember that I think the first time I ever got stung by a bee, I was in the sap tree. Oh, you were in the sap tree. <laughs> I was. Yeah. And I was, I think I was actively trying to, I may have gotten sap in my eyes, to be honest with you, wow. or something. I, I remember like being like momentarily like I couldn't, I couldn't like see, but it was like, you know, just rub your eyes or something, and you'll be fine. But during the moment that I was in this compromised position, I got stung in the middle of my forehead. Ow. Yeah. Like just square, like right dead center. Mm. And it was just like, I, I, I think I remember being like, how could it have possibly like snuck up on me while I was rubbing my eyes for like that split second. It's the worst. And, uh, if anyway, it did. And I ran to the house and was in just pain again. Uh, also there was a time while running cross country used to be, I know like all my bee sting stories are coming back to me. I literally swap then swallow a bee, a bee. Like I was talking on a run and the bee flew into and stung the back of my throat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. It hurt so bad. I, I could not, I could not believe how much it hurt. Like I couldn't talk like for three days. I bet. Yeah. It That's was horrible. It was miserable. Sorry was to miserable. hear that. That's okay. I got through it. But what I really want to come back to, because we were talking about mountain bikes, you just bought a mountain bike this I, past weekend. I did just buy a mountain bike this past weekend. I feel like it took up a good portion of my Sunday and Saturday. I was like, it was like the, that was the event of the weekend to be sure. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a big event. It's a, it, I mean, it's, it's almost like buying a new car in a way. I mean, like it's a, it's a big purchase. It's, I mean, it is like a minor vehicle Yeah. to be sure. Yo, go ahead. Well, so here, let me, let me ask this question because so I've, I've gotten into in, in my adult life, I would say that as, as kids, we were not actual mountain bikers in any way, shape or form. We occasionally rode our bikes on trails with I would say minimal capability, but certainly thought of ourselves as mountain bikers, as mountain bikers. Yes. I think at one point in time, I even had like a bike Jersey as a kid and it was like, so legit. Yeah, I know too, too legit, legit to quit. To quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as an adult, uh, I, I remember like, you know, 
getting, I got back into mountain biking. I remember riding dad's like old mountain bike for like a year and a half. Then I actually invested in my own like nicer, real modern mountain bike. Yeah. And probably spent three to four years of my adult life spending three to four days a week on the trails. Like, right. like quite a bit of, of my adult life. And during that period of time, I remember trying to get you into it with what I would, I would say is minimal success. Like I, I think I got you on the trails once. Yeah, uh, where we were able to right. rent a bike and yeah. you got to go out there. Maybe you weren't aware of my previous mountain biking B stories. <laughs> I don't think I was. I, I do not think I was privy to it. No. Um, but so, okay. So now I need to ask the question. Here we are. Uh, what has now been probably three or four years since I've last been riding regularly. What has made you, what has summoned you to the, the old iron horse, as it were? The old iron horse. Well, you know, I like horses. <laughs> And beanbag chairs, but but notably horses. I <laughs> felt like an unnecessary jab in the middle of that. <laughs> in the middle of that. That was a real laugh. But that was a real laugh. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have brought up the beanbags. You're right. But anyway, bikes. Anyway, bikes. Well, it's interesting how you were talking about like your perception of dad and mountain biking as a kid. Yeah. So mountain biking, I feel like has been on my to-do list of things to get good at for like, I don't know, uh, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> that adds up. That yeah. Adds I'm up. Like, I'm, I am sure I, I feel like it's one of those like, yeah, I, in life I will do some mountain biking, but it's one of those things like years go by and you're like, oh, I still haven't done it yet. When is it going to happen? I don't, well, well, do I grow into it? Do I grow, <laughs> will it just happen naturally? Is this going to happen to me? <laughs> Dad, Jay here. <laughs> when does the mountain bike thing happen? When, is, when does it happen? When will I find myself on the bike? Right. But yeah, you're as kids, you know, like we had bikes all the time and I, it's weird, but I don't know when I stopped owning a bike. Certainly like in high school, I would have had one. And then I went to somewhere along the way at college, I think maybe you or bit Tyler would have inherited m whatever was my old like neighborhood ride and bike. Sure. And or dad got rid of them or decided they were broken or sold them or traded them in for some other purchase. I don't know when I stopped owning a bike, but I have certainly not owned one since I was probably 16 or 17, which to me is weird. Like to me, part of being a person is owning a bike, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's how I feel like we were raised. Like as long as you were alive, you had a bike. So, so it must have been like, it does. It, it does. It's, feel it's like, been like a point of embarrassment for me. Like, what would you do if someone was like, "Hey, you want to go ride bikes?" And you were like, "Well, I don't have one." Yeah, it'd be like, "I can't. I don't have one." And it it has felt genuinely like a weird thing that I have felt almost shame or embarrassed. Like, yeah, like I I don't I don't have a bike. That's that's something I need to correct. Right. But right, I haven't right. yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, what brought me to this weekend's purchase of a mountain bike? Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rares cards that we've pulled, but something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. 
turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which, wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Right. Because like the other thing about this particular purchase is there was, there was a small element of it that felt 
almost like something I could see myself doing that I wouldn't expect you to do, mm. which is that you actually bought a bike from another person, mm. not from like a, they're not really dealerships, a bike shop. Right. Correct. I did. I did go used on this front. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you that in terms of getting into mountain biking, like you said, you went for a while and had uh, several like attempts maybe to try and get me into it. Yeah. Like, when when we were kids, uh, me and one of my good buddies, there was this there's this park near us called the Explorer Park. And whilst we were kids, they built and opened this uh, huge section of mountain bike trails in the park. And because it seemed like our dad needed something to do that weekend, he was like emceeing as part of the opening ceremonies for these trails. So, you know, we're all down there in our mountain bike, you know, in our bikes. And they've got some like kids loop that we did uh, a few times. But then my buddy was like, let's go try and do like the, the, you know, the, the big loop they just opened. I was like, okay, yeah, done. We, we go down there and like the first mile or so was downhill and it's not that bad. But by the end of the day, we were the last two people out there. We were just completely lost way outside of our skill zone. Not like lost, but you know, you're on a trail, but it's a, you know, it's like a five mile trail or something, which is not easy ground to cover when you're 10. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's on a bike that's not capable of doing what the trail is demanding and you're tired and it's getting dark. Also, I have ridden this exact trail in my adult, like yeah. accomplished cycling career and it still like knocks the wind out of well, me. Exactly. Yeah. Like we used to go on these trails in cross country and run them. Yeah. And it would be like, I remember this hill from that one day when I was on a bike as a kid. And then, so that was like my bad experience in like, on like proper trails okay. for mountain biking. And then I think at one point in high school, our friend John asked us to go mountain biking and I went and I was like, it was going to be at the Explorer Park. And I was like, I really am not thinking I'm going to be able to like keep up with you on this. And it was one of those like, I'm having a, it was like brought up a lot of anxiety yeah. in me to even go. And then I went and it was one of those situations where you have all these fears and all of them are exactly accurate. Yep. And it just made it even worse. It was just like, I just... I'm just not good at this. Like, I don't even think I like it. I don't know. Like, I don't want to do it. Right. You know, and it's like, I've just, I'm just feeling embarrassed. There's there's no way to do this with people who aren't already amazing at it. And it's going to be, you know, anyway. No, and, and that is, it's so funny you say that. Cause that is such a thing too, about the, I have this problem with, with just about anything. Like, it doesn't matter how into an activity I am. If someone who I don't know with their skill set invites me to do it. Like I have friends who will be like invited, like, like, Oh, let's go climbing at the gorge this weekend. And they're like, yeah, totally. Like I love that. I have someone to like hitch a ride with. That's mm -hmm. amazing. I don't have to drive. And I'm like, man, not like that would be like pulling teeth for me. I would yeah. be like, no way. I'm not doing it. I'm not like, I can't because like, I don't know what their like, skill set is relative to mine. And what if I get there and I feel like judged or embarrassed or something, which is not the case. Like, cause I've been the person who's invited people before and all you want is just more people to enjoy it with. Right. No, in no way or in any situation, would you actually like judge someone for not being like proficient at something you just right. want someone to go with? Right. Yeah. So anyway, it's been on my bucket list for a while, but also something that I just felt embarrassed about, or I don't know, not good at. I just had like several bad experiences, whether it be bees or lost or just not skilled. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like every time I return to this, it's only okay. <laughs> it's only okay. So, 
So over the weekend, you purchase a bike. Yeah. Has it? Has there been, like, you? I guess at this point in time, it's still a day later as of recording this. Right. So you haven't actually been able to, like, take it on the trails yet. But, like, has there been, has it been, like, an emotional endeavor, like, getting well, this bike? I will say there has been some sort of, like, just, like, a shift in my overall mentality towards it. And I'm not sure exactly where it's sourced from, but I, I don't know if maybe it starts with the twins have begun sleeping better. Okay. Interestingly, right? So we've started, we've got them on a very good schedule right now. They go to bed at about 6.30. We feed them again, like what's called a dream feed at yeah. about 10. That's where you just sort of get them up. They remain asleep. You feed them again. Hopefully they- That sounds they, amazing, right. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you imagine? It's so great being a baby. People just feed you. People, you don't have to wake up. If I, could, if I could wake up having known that somebody like fed me a protein shake in the middle of the night and it's like, yeah, you already got some protein. You're, you're like mid-sleep. You're building muscle. Like, yeah. I'd be like- that is awesome. That's great. If somebody wants to start that service, mm. I might be uncomfortable about somebody being in my house at night. I'll probably freak out. Yeah, putting things in your body. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that I mentioned it, it does feel a little dangerous. But the idea of a dream feed sounds amazing. You should ask Alice. Be like, could you just wake up like two, just pour feed, some milk in my mouth? Just feed me. <laughs> just feed me. <laughs> can you Don't imagine, wake me up. Well, wake up every morning. There's just like milk <laughs> everywhere around your head. That'd be terrible. Yes. That'd be terrible. Anyway, though, so as a result, they've started sleeping significantly better which has given me more rest personally yeah but it's also given beth and i our evenings back a little bit okay so we've been able to like watch some stuff and one of the things we were watching was uh a show that has become pretty popular right now it's called the world's toughest race yeah you've recommended this to me several times yeah. i know i'm gonna love it but I've, i'm watching community so i haven't got okay you're yet. watching community well it's hosted by bear grills who would have been like you know high school jonathan's just idol back when he was doing man vs wild which if you don't know that was just this amazing show on the discovery channel so good where you would just like do exactly the kind of stuff i think in our minds we were like we're basically on this level but we you know? weren't like that <laughs> yeah. we, which we were not which we like, were not not he would just admit the the whole point of the show was I think he had to get dropped in the middle of nowhere and then make it back to a point of civilization. Right. Whether it be like a, like a, a road of some kind yeah. or like a, yeah, like a city yeah. gas station, something. Yeah. Um, and along the way he would show you these like insane survival skills. Yeah. And people, anytime you bring up man vs. wild, people will be like, Oh, so fake. There's, have you seen those shots where they're just like, here's the shot, but here's the road. And you're like, whatever, I don't care. Bear girls is awesome. Right. It's like at the end of the day, he was still, he was still doing a good job of teaching outdoor like enthusiasm and yeah. safety at the same time. Yeah. Like, and just gen I mean, the skills he was showing you are still real, even if he's right next to the road. Like I, I don't have a whole lot of fuss about whether or not he's sleeping in a tent at night, even though he told you he was sleeping like in a rock cave. Right. It's like, not, I don't care. I don't like, care. You know, yeah. but it was way. a fun show. Anyway, Bear is barely even a part of the show other than to show up constantly from a helicopter and remind you what a grueling task this race is and what heart and tremendous willpower these competitors have, whether they're winning the race or coming in last place. Just surviving is so hard, you know. Great Bear Grylls. <laughs> Thank you. Spot on. Spot on. That's what. That's mostly his role in the show, not to do anything other than uh, just, yeah, tout the contestants, which is fine. That's a good good hosting. But uh, part of the race, there's like lots of mountain biking, lots of hiking. It's like an 11-day trek through Fiji or whatever. Uh, that's how long the race lasts. 11 days. 11 days. 11 days. And it's not like it, it's it's not like the Tour de France or something where it's like, OK, today's section is you get from here to here and then you sleep and then everyone will start tomorrow from this point. But everyone's time will be what it was 
from the day before. You know, it's not, you know, that's how like the Tour de France works. Right. right that's right. not how this works. It is, you have 11 days to get to each of these checkpoints. End of sentence, go. So you're just like, it's a rather free form. It's very free form. Like there is a maybe intended path, but even that isn't clearly marked. You have to somewhat navigate your way through. So, uh, and, <clears throat> and it's interesting too, because like it means that taking a shortcut is not cheating as long as you are hitting all of the necessary checkpoints. No, there is no cheating. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's okay. no, there's no real cheating to be had. It's, you know, there might be, take this path to get from checkpoint two to checkpoint three. Right. But also you could go over this mountain if you wanted. It's harder. It might take you longer. You don't know. Okay. Uh, but you could do it. You could try it. And d from, from a viewer's perspective, I think exactly zero shortcuts anyone took paid off. Okay. <laughs> it didn't seem like it seemed like mostly the only advantage to going off course was because for some reason the, the main course itself had become flooded and now you had to like find a way around it. This, this to me <clears throat> feels like the classic very like tortoise in the hare mentality where it's like, yes, as the crow flies, it is less distance. If you go over the mountain versus taking this meandering mm -hmm. stream path around it, where yeah. it's like the meandering stream path is longer but relatively flat and easy to navigate versus yeah. going over an uncharted mountain right which requires going straight up a hill yeah that that to me feels like the that's exactly that's the hare's route exactly the situation so the the story of all the people doing it is just you know it's awesome and cool and uh it sort of like introduced me to this idea of like adventure racing which i was uh shortly after talking to my wife about and I was like you know it'd be really fun to like do some sort of race not like an 11 day journey or something sure or but you know if there was like a run paddle bike sort of local ish race to be had that could be a fun thing to do like I would be interested in doing that okay, okay. you know and then like on cue the next day our friend John <laughs> <laughs> we just got to get out the podcast eventually. I know. That'd be um, so funny. Uh, Actually, oh, real quick. What would be so funny about bringing John on here is I feel like talking on a podcast is not something where I could imagine him having. Yeah, I don't like, have that. So you'd be very talkative. The, the same level. Yeah. So it would be it would be so exciting to be like, welcome to our world. Yes, welcome <laughs> to the fun. Welcome to the pop. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so sorry. anyway, text the group and he's like, guys, I can't think of a single reason why we shouldn't be doing this. And he has a link. And the link is to... An adventure race in Virginia. Wow. I was like, I feel quite, I was like, I don't even know if John was watching the show. I feel like he's not because I think he would have mentioned it. Sure. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he was just investigating this completely on his own. It does sound like him. Yeah. yeah. It does sound like him. But it, this, this, uh, the one he's suggesting is a 24 hour race. So, so that's the time limit. If my math is correct, it's a one day. It's a one day race. But yeah, to say one day, I don't think is an accurate representation because you might think it's just, it's from like, you start in the morning and it happens on this day. Right. You know, no, you have from like 8 a.m one morning until 8 a.m. the next day to finish. to finish the race. So it's a big endeavor yeah. for sure. You're yeah. going to be traveling many, many miles, but indeed most of the um, this particular race involves uh, trekking and paddling and mountain biking. Right. Right. So I decided like, I do, I do think I really want to try this. This seems like really fun. I think I can do it. You know, we've got enough time to train for it. It's not until April and I'm going to need a 
bike. It, and be- so, it suddenly becomes it the big like, barrier it very beco- quickly. Yeah, yeah, it becomes a barrier. It's like, if you look into adventure racing at all, you will quickly learn that, hands down, the most amount of ground covered in pretty much every race is going to be on your bike. Okay. But suddenly, it just... I don't know. It just felt like this is it. This is when I get the bike. Like I can get a bike again. I can stop feeling ashamed about not owning a bike. I can like properly be motivated to go mountain biking in a way that isn't just like attending with my friends. It's like something I really want to do. And yeah, so I don't know. It just like, and, and we've got, we have a Peloton at home. Right. Which is like the stationary at home. Which is like the stationary at home bike, which, um, We've talked about on the on the, the podcast before, the pop, about how I used to have such misgiv- misgivings about stationary bikes. Right. But, oh man, total 180. I love it. It is amazing. So and I just feel like I'm just in, like, good bike shape, even. Yeah. Like, I'm not starting from zero for once. So, uh, I, I've been, like, you know... Trying to coordinate. I'm like on a few different fences in terms of, are we going to do the race? Because we need to be doing the race for me to get the bike. And there's four of us. You work as a team. Right. So all all four of us have to be doing this and then I will get a bike. Which is, thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's not only the barrier into this new activity that involves like your own financial investment into something that is, it, it's a rather it's a big investment it's yeah. a significant undertaking to like decide that you're going to do one of these things but you also need the agreement of the other three people to also make the same commitment yeah so this this past friday or this past saturday i was like i kind of want to go look at bikes this weekend and beth was you know like are you doing the race is that for sure is everyone in and i was like let me just let me just text everyone check everyone's status yeah and like maybe the fastest any three people have responded to a group text ever about doing a 100 mile event (laughs) doing a crazy event it was like yeah i'm in let's do it totally let's get i was like all right and so i was like i think they're in (laughs) (laughs) so i was surprised at just the speed at which everyone responded but then i was like okay here's the thing i know if i get a bike I'm pot committing everyone. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm like, fortunately, I already have a bike. So yeah. I'm, yeah so I'm, you're yeah. already in. That's not like not not in terms of not making them get a bike, but making them do the race. Yeah. 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 Like, no, guys, you're all in now because I bought this. Right. 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 <laughs> so uh, you and I and our friend Mike went to every bike shop in Roanoke on Saturday uh, and we found, I think, a total of three bikes for sale. Yes. Which none was, of which were even remotely in the category of what we were looking no. for. And to give you an idea roanoke virginia not super well known for a ton of things but is actively trying to become super well known for three things uh one is the hospital two is the craft brewing beer scene and three is mountain biking yes so you would think you could find a mountain bike to purchase, but zilch. And the reason for this is because of COVID. Right. Basically, if you can't go and be doing other social at public activities of any kind, going and riding the trails is a great alternative great because alternative. you don't have to be even remotely close to anybody. And yeah. we have like, this is this is one of those strange things where it's like, I guaranteed wherever you live, there is something remarkable about living wherever you are. Yeah. This is like one of those things that like, if you live in Roanoke, Virginia and you're not actively involved with like the mountain biking scene, then you are overlooking one of the biggest luxurious features that is just naturally occurring here anyway. Right. And so anyway, it's like, yeah. yeah. So that's another part. It's like, I'm from Roanoke. It's like, I don't even, I don't even mountain bike. Jeez. <laughs> You know, I go, I go to the breweries. Does that count? <laughs> it counts. <laughs> all of my friends work at the hospital. All of them. Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> it's like, 
I don't know. It's uh, every, every time we get like new group of friends, it's like, yeah, what do you do? Oh, I'm just nurse, um, interning or you know, some, something. Could, could it be a surgeon? Someone, yeah, someone in some connection to the medical field here in Roanoke. Um, but so we totally struck out looking for the bikes. So I turned to good old Facebook marketplace. Good old. Good old Facebook market, And just started looking and I found someone who was selling exactly what I needed. Yeah. And because for doing an adventure race, like you can go, you can run the gamut, like a mountain, to just say, I'm just going to go buy a mountain bike. It's like <laughs> that, that is just a sentence that is an, un- that's an unqualified sentence. It, it is completely. You know? Yeah. Like the, the thing is, is that many people, myself included, like you have, you have more than one bike because it's not like a one size fits all. Yeah. And, and even bikes that you might interpret to look the same yeah. can be wildly different from one another based yeah. on like what their primary function even on a, on the same trail system could be. Yeah. So you could have, you know, bikes that are specifically good for downhill or specifically good for mostly just doing gravel roads, mostly doing long trail rides. Um, all of these would be considered mountain bikes in right. some capacity. But what we were looking for was something along the like cross country, something that'd be good for the adventure race. So what I was looking for in case you're like a bike nut was 29 inch wheels, light frame, large size and full suspension, meaning that you have like shocks on the front and back. Yep. Yeah. And so I just sort of put those things into Facebook, found them. And the only problem was the guy lived in the DC area. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy. All right. Do I want to, can I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go meet him somewhere. See, this is all, this is like, this is what made me so excited about this. It was like, I felt like I was, it was, it was like something that I feel like I would have done in my life, mm-hmm. which is like go to like extraordinary lengths to track something down <laughs> Yeah, where it would almost be like, dude, come on. Like, did you really need to go and do all that? And it's like, yeah, it was part of the fun for me. So for me, I, I, I had so much enjoyment of the process of watching you go to such lengths go get a bike. T- to get the bike. Yeah. So I had to drive up to, uh, Front Royal, Virginia yesterday. I woke up at 5.30 to start driving so I could meet this guy at 8.30 so I could be back by noon just so Beth wouldn't have to have half her weekend spent taking care of the boys. Outstanding. <laughs> yeah, Outstanding. So I'm just, yeah. I got up there though. I bought it. I felt so good about the guy I bought it from though because he just seemed to know everything about it. It wasn't like, oh, this, you know, this was just a bad biker. It wasn't like he broke it or something. It was totally, he he was selling it because he owned too many bikes. That, that sentence right there is, I feel like it comes up all the time in this world and what i hope i i have a feeling people listening right now one of two things i imagine is either going on in their heads they're either like guys this is like so deep into techno babble that like it's not making any sense to anybody if they're not like privy to it or th- and this is something i love is when i learn that somebody has a hobby it's yeah. like you start to learn how many layers of that hobby exists below the surface of what you know about it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm hoping is that people are like, man, I had no idea. <laughs> and what if we inspire someone to go get their own mountain bike? Go get their, maybe we will. Maybe we will. I hope, we, I hope we do. If you get a mountain bike posted on the Reddit, which by the way, we got over a thousand followers on hey! popcorn culture. We got a thousand little kernels out there over on the Reddit. Everybody had to go and check out that ridiculous yellow shirt you had. <sighs> yes. With the guitar player on guitar, it. Guitar player ben, slash you know burst ketchup we should container. do is we should we should have like a pin or of that shirt or we should have a shirt with someone playing a guitar on it 
that's super obvious or oh my something. god, like, like do some version, like an homage, yeah, to like, this. Just correct the shirt, horrendous shirt. Yeah, we need to correct the shirt in every way. I'm sure we could do that. I'm sure we could do hard it. Could it be? I don't know. I don't know. Which brings us. Wait, you were going to mention some special offer. I think in the first sentence of this podcast, and I was like, hold on, let me interrupt you and. Now it's been 56 minutes, so... Hey, hey, hey. how about it? Yeah. Okay, so speaking of, we were we have been wanting for a little while to, to do a special offer for our Patreon. Yes. And we have had an idea that was like locked and loaded for such, such a period of time, and we're finally rolling it out. Basically starting... Rolling it out. Roll it, what did I say? Ruling it out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Not ruling it out. We're not ruling it out. It's in full force. Guys, we've ruled it out. Moving forward. It. I was going to tell you the idea we were going to do. <laughs> but we, but we've, we've, we've had an idea. We're ruling it out. And now you know. <laughs> you won't believe where this sentence is going. <laughs> Uh, we are rolling it out as of hearing yet. We have a special offer going on over out at patreon.com slash popcorn culture, where you can get your very own host buzzy B and special guest jazzy J person card. There you go. Which we are going to make. We're going to actually have made like the metal business cards, person cards, person cards. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Person cards. But if you're imagining it, Picture a business card yes. and realize that it's a person card. Right. And so the idea is that we will have these person cards uh, created that you can have and store with you as basically like an, as a, an official insignia. Like, you know, hey, I'm part of I'm part of the end. This is know? the person card. The person card. Yeah. I, I have the person card. So these are going to be just like one time run things. And if you're already a patron, then great news. You're getting one. You, you're you're getting already one. Yep. signed up. You're already signed up. Every single one of these will be available to any of the three tiers that we have available which are all five dollars and basically it's just you casting your vote to determine who is uh each week's official one true host of the pop right um and again you can check all that out at patreon.com slash popcorn culture yeah so yeah basically and this is going to run until ben's birthday my birthday which is october 25th so just anyone, uh, if you want, if you want a person card for Jazzy J and Buzzy B, uh, or you know, we'll have our real names on there too. By uh, excuse me, all you need to do is sign up for Patreon by October twenty fifth, and, and you'll be in. And you'll be in. And if you're already signed up on Patreon, there you go. You're already getting one. Congratulations! Wow! 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 wow. Yeah. Yeah. So super exciting. Very I, I exciting. This is going to be so much fun. This is, I know. this is the first special offer we've ever done. It's the first like real thing where we've ever made for popcorn culture it is it, it is. is yeah no absolutely like we don't have any other official merchandise or anything for the pop as of yet not that we won't ever but that being said the person cards will exclusively be available through this one-time only uh patreon special offer this won't Correct. be like a piece of merch you can just buy sometime in the future like right. on, on a you know you'll have, to, you'll have to track down person cards from people in the distant future oh yeah yeah, yeah. can you this imagine is, like I this know. is like the 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 original memorabilia you know it's <laughs> like like these are, <laughs> this would be like the type of thing i like i always like to imagine like real big you know like if mm-hmm. if the day ever came where like popcorn culture was like you know huge you know it's like if yeah. you if you want to feel like you're talking to two of your best friends then that, that's how i like to think of this podcast yeah originally it had a completely different goal and instead i think it's morphed into like being able to I, I like just talk to friends yeah ben, look occasionally we veer into the realm of pop culture occasionally occasionally <laughs> okay here i can veer us there ready ve- let me grab the wheel 
Okay, here's a thing happening. Okay. This is sort of also popcorn culture related so that I can mention how related it is. Wow, could you As go. is the way tangents are here. Yes, yes, of course. Okay, the NFL season has started. That it has. It has started, and I'm so excited because sports are back. Well, other sports have come back, but football is back. And I was so unclear as to whether or not it would come back in these weird quarantine times. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, it, it has not exactly <clears throat> felt like... I didn't expect it to, was, right. was my honest... Yeah, yeah I was... I, I don't know, but I also felt like the the NFL is going to do everything it can to make this happen because they're not, you know it's a lot of money on the table that they're not getting and it I'm is. sure that they want yeah uh, so anyway the the Washington football team has made its debut you know it has as the Washington football team that as of recording they are one in one having fallen behind by 17 points quickly and swiftly in both of their opening games and uh, overcoming that deficit in one of them and then not overcoming it and in the second not, one not not overcoming it in the second one even close uh but but that's not what i want to talk about okay the way they're doing football safely during the quarantine is by having and each stadium is different i will say but in large part is to have no fans yes no empty stadiums right just televised all you really have there is the camera people the referees the team yes or whatever so what's interesting though is that as you're watching on tv you still hear the commentators talk, but you can also hear crowd noise. I was so going to ask you about yes. this. So they are still like pumping in artificially the crowd, not like not like the players can hear it, but like for you, the viewer at home, there is someone in the director's booth like adding sound noise to fill in the otherwise silence what which is it's it's like it's like when there's a laugh track when you're watching a sitcom you know and it's like you hear the audience laugh and it's like <laughs> you're like well okay you were just sort of telling me to laugh there but so and it's fine you know i don't find it really that different yeah it's like oh okay it actually it does sound more like a football game it does well and that was the thing so i i was watching the game yesterday yeah and i had the exact i was like wondering to myself i was like i'm not seeing anybody in the stands but i feel like you're hearing people and like are is it is it the case that there are some people there and they're a lot louder than you think they are like like maybe even mobs and mobs and mobs of people as it translates to the the viewing experience on a tv isn't as many as you think it is right like like a small group of people can still sound like a lot of people but instead it is people being like like digitally added fake crowd noise that is being added to the televised product okay yeah okay i have so many thoughts okay, okay. tell me yeah i want to yeah i want to hear your thoughts on it okay well so first of all mind blown did not know that and yeah. it's kind of unbelievable but this is weird because it's like i actually do think it helped with my viewing experience i did not it didn't take away from it to me i just wondered about it because i was like that's there's no one there like i don't know who we're hearing <laughs> these sounds um but i've i've wondered about it before because um i like cars a fair bit and mm-hmm. with sort of like electric cars being like much more uh integrated into like things that we would like every every driver might buy um there is this thing that some vehicles offer especially in super high performance cars where they will actually like play exhaust noise like the engine revving like the engine revving when you turn it on yeah, yeah like so that you hear something that you're used to hearing even though the car itself is pretty quiet, like it wouldn't right. be making any noise otherwise, but like it adds to a more familiar driving like sensation that you might be used to. Mm-hmm. And then it's like calibrated to, you know, how you're driving the vehicle. So like, you know, the more gas, the louder it might be, mm-hmm. et cetera. Or I guess more, more the pedal is down, not gas. Right. 
specifically not gas. The other one that I've always wondered about is at amusement parks. Yeah. Whenever you're standing next to a roller coaster, people always scream without fail every single time. And I'm like, surely every once in a while you would have a cart full of people that just didn't scream. Oh, like, like when you mean when they go down the hill, like when they go down the hill, like, like, yeah, you hear like that. You hear like, it's always the same shrillish kind of like, you know, excitement-y scream. Like it's always, it's a very familiar sound to me. Yeah. And I've always wondered, like, is there a speaker somewhere that like, that is playing in association with where the cart is on the track right. or or is it the case that one and 40 people let's say max people who are on any given like individual ride together is screaming and therefore you hear it you always hear it you always hear because it because you always hear it i think i would have assumed people were always screaming on like the big drops well and maybe maybe but that's the thing is I've, I've always wondered about that because it seems like it would add to the sensationalism of the ride of right. the excitement of the appeal the thrill like right all of those things so maybe, maybe it's just the type of thing but i yeah because i suppose on the flip end of it if a car is empty like let's say it's raining or something and not that many people are there i don't i i don't feel like you do hear anything so i see i don't know i don't know i i don't think they're pumping in roller coaster scream noises i could okay. be wrong but that'd be a cure a cool thing to have the curtain lifted upon it would be it w- if, if you any- work in an amusement park if anyone knows you have to tell me because now, tell now i'm so curious yeah yeah but so going back to football so once i tuned into this it was very interesting because they're really trying to like not just offer you background noise but to like emulate the mood of the crowd as well. Interesting. Okay, so for example, let's say the the home team uh, commits a penalty, and um and you know they're gonna have the ball moved back a few yards. Right. And you know if if you were at a regular football game and this happened, There'd the crowd would be the crowd would be frustrated. They'd go, oh, boo, you know that you know when you're when you're the home team and you're at the place, no call against the home team is fair. Yeah. No. You know, not ever. Ever. Yeah. yeah all yeah. controversial calls, even if the refs are right. All unfair, all wrong, all the time. Everyone's, you know, everyone's upset. But the curious thing is that on right now, there's no crowd there. When there's a controversial call, they will still change the crowd noise to be upset. Whoa. Which is really, uh, like, it's very unusual because, you know, if... If you're just there, you can't control the crowd. You right. know, like you, you were, if you're the broadcast in the game, you're at the mercy of what the crowd does. You right. know, if they go, if they start yelling and get real loud, you can't really control that. Because right the noise that's there. Right. If they're being disrespectful, you can't control that. But right now, you can control it. And they're still choosing to make them sound angry. Which I don't know. Like sometimes, like if the like it's the ref making a call that's controversial, or like a call will get reversed, and they need to. Like, oh, you thought your team got the ball? Actually, the other team's getting the ball. Right. Right. Everyone's upset, or everyone's really happy based on like who's the home team and who's the away team. But if they're making the crowds boo based on things the officials are doing, they're without the crowd not- being there, right? Like, what are you like? What are your thoughts on like? Is that disrespectful to the refs, or is it just like yeah. a more natural experience? No, I think it's an it's an acknowledgement. Uh, you know, because of course the NFL is going to stand by the referees. I would imagine under almost all circumstances, because nobody wants the NFL to come out and be like, "Well, we disagree with the referees, but there's nothing we can do now." It's like no, change it. Like, yeah. You know, if you disagree with the referees. So it's almost like the NFL's acknowledgement of like a bad call 
which yeah. like under in a, in a perfect world shouldn't happen i guess right. like calls are just all accurate all the time which right. of course i mean that's an ideal world which is not what we live in and some calls are dicey you know it's like it, it yeah. could be 51 49 like it's just barely that much more likely that it was a good call versus a bad call or yeah whatever. um and so i don't know yeah it's it, that is a very interesting thought experiment as you apply it to like what does it say because it's such a decision to be made but it's also like when you like when people talk about the nfl or even like fantasy football for that matter it's like i think you may be giving like it is effectively a soap opera like oh the nfl the yes. nfl like it is massive amounts of like i mean you can't it's it's not like uh pre-planned out like that's not what i'm saying it's not like this team is going to almost win and then valiantly lose or something like that like the outcomes are the outcomes and every single player on the field i guarantee you wants to win with every single fiber of their being right but that being said with the way that it works and how tuned in and leaned in everybody is like you're always seeing players who are then like getting moved from like a team that they've been at for like 15 years to a different team and they're playing against their original team and they have to go back to their original stadium and it's like yeah Whoa, what's it going to be like Peyton Manning back in Indianapolis and it's like right uh you know like I don't know like people get so tuned into the drama there's storylines there's subplots like there, oh there is so much drama to be had over the course of an NFL season or any sports league season but to me it's like it's it's so what's crazy about it is you're right it is like a drama like it's not written or anything but imagine like whatever your favorite TV show is, you know, people like watch a movie and then they come watch Super Carlin Brothers to see people talk about that movie. Right. It's like imagine your favorite TV show comes out with 16 new episodes a week. Yeah. And then if you want there, you can get 24 Severin coverage of other people talking about this. That like, is so true. You know what yeah. I mean? Like imagine if what, like what, what the Mandalorian, for example, like it, you can't watch the Mandalorian and then tune into other networks and see all day, every day analysts talking about the Mandalorian and breaking it down you know, right. and breaking yeah, it down. Yeah. Like you can't like you can, you can come to our channel. You can go to lots of different YouTube channels, but there's not a television network on TV of constant, breakdown and analysis there's not four networks you know breaking it down or something you know there is but that that is what the nfl is there's 16 new games a week and then you can hear people talk about them professionally non-stop until the next games. until play. the next games in yeah. which case you and, have 16 new games and, and, yeah. and yeah and it's and you're talking about not just the outcomes of the games they're talking about the the players lives off the field, yep. that like whatever legal battles are happening, the administration at the top of the NFL, what teams are moving where, what coaches are moving where, what play, you know, it's just, it is endless. You it can is. talk about. It is. No, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. I never even thought about it that way. Right. But you're, you're, yeah. It's like, you can't ask for more content. Right. From, yeah, from, from your favorite show. Right. So I don't know, but now, now I'm really thinking though, is that we should launch our own TV channel that just covers media yeah all the time that's just it that's you just tune it. in 24 7 we're breaking down whatever the next thing that just came out was all day every day all day every day the cutting it apart changed. looking for you know yeah. each individual like can you believe they made this decision i stand by it i stand by that decision but you could go with so many directions you could talk about like oh like what what was the author thing like how much did the author get paid how much did the, what did the, what was the behind the scenes story here but you know you, of course you could talk about the plot lines themselves but you could have like what are the 
actors getting into? What do they care about these things? You could go in a thousand directions. A thousand? Yeah. We should do it. <laughs> That's it. That's what we're That's it. Welcome we're... to the channel. All we talk about is Star Wars and Marvel and Disney, except it's not twice a week. It's 24-7. <laughs> it's 24-7 all the time. All the time. Breaking news. Breaking Cut news. Cut to new analysts now. Boom. Ba-bam. Anyway, there you go, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Pop. I feel like it's been a good one. It's been a good one. We talked bikes. We talked person cards. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the person cards again, if you want to go and check those out, we have a special offer going on. If you sign up for Patreon, uh, which is Patreon.com/slash/PopcornCulture, any of the three five dollar tiers will get you in. You have until October twenty fifth to sign up, and you will be receiving sometime after October twenty fifth um, your own individual person card. Again, if you are already a patron of Popcorn Culture, congratulations, you are already getting one. Yay! And again, these are completely exclusive uh, to the Patreon and will not be available anywhere else. And and speaking of Patreon, we need to give a special thanks to these patrons who support us over on Patreon, including uh, Mad Libs Pulverizer, which, by the way, just great name, mm. great name. Uh, Derek McCracken, Ali Heron, Jessica Moore, Zoe Deal, uh, Victoria Zinzalian Smith, mm. uh, Alana Bissinger, Dylan Lavelle, John Gillette. Uh, Cecil Hops, Sam Goldman, and Mary Neff. Thank, Thank you, you guys, guys all. Yeah, for your support on Patreon. Uh, again, if you want to go and check us out on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash popcornculture. Yes, but until next time, pop pop! Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.